Well, welcome this morning. Uh, if you are pre-K through third grade, Miss Hope is here for you. She's back with us this week, and we're excited to have you guys. This morning, you are uh, welcome to go to Children's Church. Uh, if you're here, first-time guests, our kids go with Miss Hope to upstairs in the children's area. You're more than welcome to pick them up after the service. Well, thank you for joining us today in person, and I know many of you are joining with us online. We had a fantastic week this week at Falls Creek. We saw um, four of our youth transfer from darkness to light. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, the, the theme this week at Falls Creek, Falls Creek is a uh, youth church camp uh, as with churches that gather they're from all over the state. This week, um, the theme was glory and uh, studying about the unsearchable majesty of God himself, his weight, and that he is worthy of worship. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that this morning. We have started our series on alignment, God's church, God's way, and uh, next week is exciting. We get to launch back into the fall. We're calling it Relaunch Sunday as we get to launch back into the fall. Um, we're, we're certainly excited to start the fall as, as David prayed. We know that the pandemic is, is not dead and uh, that things are happening as we speak, but um, we are, we are we're certainly in prayer uh, in vigilant prayer um, and attentive to um, what God has called us to do and also to what is happening in our world today. Uh, last week we got to talk about prayer in community and the importance of praying for one another. And so um, if you haven't gotten an opportunity to listen to that sermon from James 5, I, I challenge you to go and listen to that because, because the challenge for me was to take the time to pray for people. And um, as, as your pastor and as one of the leaders here, uh, I am convinced that that is one of the greatest things that I can do and our leaders, our community group leaders, and you, the church, can do is to begin to pray for one another. So as we go through this next season, I, I challenge you to pray for your community groups, in your community groups, to call your people and to pray for them over the phone or even in person. Now we get to look at worshiping together. Let us magnify the Lord together. Let us exalt his name together. One of the most powerful things of the church of God is the corporate worship. Worshiping with your brothers and your sisters in a room unto the Lord. Seeing people that you know are struggling worship and hold their hands to a holy and mighty God. It is an incredible experience to be a part 
of a corporate gathering that is centered on the worship of God himself. This week we're going to look at the Psalms and and we are a people, our church is a people of worship. We're going to look into the Psalms, a collection of expressions of worship from David and from others. It is one of the most important aspects of the church is the corporate gathering, the, the worship of the Lord together. We, we worship through song. We worship through testimonies of what God has done. We worship through giving. We worship through hearing the word. We worship the Lord together in the corporate gathering of the saints. And this psalm is an interesting psalm this morning that uh, Kyle began to read because it is birthed out of one of the lowest, worst points in David's life. And he's calling the hurt and the broken and those that are stressed out To come magnify the Lord with me. So if you'll turn into Psalm chapter 34, we're going to read that together. Um, If you'll stand in honor of reading God's word as we do here at Northwest Baptist, we believe that this is the word of God, is the authority in our life. It, It is the truth. When we read it, the Lord speaks. Psalm chapter 34, verse 1 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. You can be seated. We, we can go through the whole text here. Kyle read for us some of this. It's a fantastic passage of scripture. And I hope that you read this whole chapter. We don't have time to go through every piece of this chapter today. Because, well, the Lord has a word for us from the first three. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word and your truth. We thank you for... Um, Encouraging us today. Father, we know that there are people here and online that are in need of encouragement. The stresses and the pressures of life seem so overwhelming right now during this time. We are asking, Father, that your word would give comfort and peace to our soul. That we would be reminded of the truth of the gospel that we would be reminded of who you are and our faith and our trust would be in you completely, that we would bless the Lord at all times. Lord, we thank you for this congregation. We thank you for the people of God who gather at 23rd and Drexel. And we ask you that you would be a part amidst your people this morning as they hear your word preached. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
The best stories in life, I, 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 I've, I've said this and I'm going to say it again. The best stories in life are the ones in which people overcome. They overcome these huge obstacles and barriers. What is seemingly impossible, God makes possible. The really the person who has no chance and yet somehow overcomes. This is what stirs our hearts. This is what we long for. This is why we watch movies. This is why we watch the Olympics. This is why we love sport. This is who we are. We love beating the odds, the underdog, fighting through the difficult circumstances to achieve the goal. This is the story of King David. Right? This is the story of the young boy who beats the odds and beats the great champion, Goliath. The young man who is, is, is being chased by Saul and becomes the king. The guy who's, who's in, in the fields who his father doesn't even bring before Samuel because he thinks there's no way this young man's going to be king. And Samuel says, do you have another son? I got that guy. We, we spent some time, me and my family, on the lake this week, and there's nothing better than getting out on the boat and being pulled behind it is something called tubing. Oklahomans know what this is, but you get a tube behind a boat and you go and you just run and you just spin the kids all around the lake, right? And uh, there's nothing better than than slingshotting the kids across the water, right? As as you're driving, and and oftentimes I'm the one driving, and um, as you're doing this thing called the slingshot, you're 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 turning the boat at speed sometimes faster than you should and you're you're causing the rope to tighten and the tube just skids across the water crossing each wake until they're almost even with the boat and if you're not experienced in tubing you can get thrown off the tube pretty easily can lose your balance or your grip when you hit a wave and as you're hanging on to this handle your body is falling off the tube and your body hits the water and you're holding on to this handle there seems to be no hope right you seem the boat seems to be churning forward and you're going to fall off. But oftentimes, miraculously, somehow, in some way, as, as you watch the kids tubing, the person falling off the t- tube suddenly has a burst of energy and pulls themselves back onto the tube. In the, in the, in the olden days, we, we would use the phrase, I, I, I include myself, we, right? Like, did you like that? In the olden days, we would use the phrase, when you get knocked down, get up back on your horse, right? That doesn't really relate to this generation very much. So get on the tube probably relates a little bit more. But often, when the person is dragging through the water at high speed, 
there's not enough strength for the kids or myself to pull themselves back upon the tube. And oftentimes, you need the person who is on the tube to reach out, grab them by the life jacket, and pull them up so that you can persevere together. Did you know that there's many people who are dragging through this world right now, just barely holding on, white-knuckled, feeling almost as if they can't continue? And sometimes, even when we're that person, we need to reach out and grab our brother and sister who is struggling and say, come, magnify the Lord with me. This worship of the Lord together is pictured in this psalm. Imperfect people worshiping the Lord together. You see, we were all dead in our trespasses and sins, walking around this world with no hope, stuck in a spiral of darkness and destruction. At some point in our life, we heard the gospel. Our soul being stirred by God through the Holy Spirit. And our response was faith. Not just a shallow faith, but a faith that produces spiritual birth and even new life. One with hope, one with love, a love for God, a love for people. Overcoming the system of evil and the world through faith in Christ. And sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we feel as if we're dragging through the water. And we need somebody to come alongside and say, come magnify the Lord with me. Look at the beginning of the psalm. I meant to read it when I read the psalm. I forgot, okay? So 34, look at what it says. It says, of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. Now, if you read that, you're like, what does that mean exactly? When he changed his behavior before Abimelech. So that he drove him out, and he went away. Abimelech, the name literally means my father is king, is probably a title for Philistine kings. And the heading of the psalm of praise is from what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15. We're going to read that in a minute so that we understand the context of the psalm in which David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Because this is crucial to our understanding of how David praises the Lord and why he praises the Lord and when he praises the Lord. Remember, King David is a man after God's own heart. He, the Lord has chosen him to be king from all of his brothers and he's the shepherd boy who comes and defeats Goliath, the giant from Gath. A young boy 
beating the champion of the Philistines. David goes before the, the army of the Philistines. He goes to give his brother some lunch at the battleground, at the front line. And he says, who is this Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? He goes before Goliath with just a sling and a stone. He calls the battle the Lord's. And as he puts the stone right between the eyes of Goliath, the giant falls. We know the end of the story. As soon as David strikes the giant, defeats Goliath, the whole Philistine army runs, right? And the Lord's army pursues all the way to Gath. Now, the people heard about this and they sang a song of victory. Saul is the king at this time and the song went like this. Saul has struck his thousands, David his ten thousands. Saul becomes jealous of young David. Saul has disobeyed the Lord and is rejected by the Lord as the king. He anoints David as the king. David is in his household. He actually plays the harp to calm Saul down. Saul tries to kill David with the spear. I'm giving you the background so that we can lead up to this. But Saul then begins to go after David and kill him. And he wants to kill him. So David is on the run. And he stops at Nob. David is starving. He's on the run. He has no people. He has no weapon. He has nothing to his name because he's been living in the king's house. All that we know is Saul wants to kill David. His friend, his co-worker, his confidant now is going after him. And he goes into this, this place of worship and he asks for fruit, food and the only bread that they have is a special bread that they offered to the Lord and he says, I'll take that. Give it to me, whatever you have. He says, oh, do you have a sword? And the priest says, the only sword that we have is the sword in which Goliath had when you killed him. He says, I'll take that. Goliath of Gath. So he has Goliath's sword. He has food that was offered unto the Lord. And he has nowhere to go. So where does he go? He goes to the edge of the Israelite territory. Remember Saul is king of Israel at this time. He's king of Judah. And he goes to the Philistines at Gath. Where? Where Goliath is from. He's going to his enemies to find rescue. And this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel 21.10. It'll be on the screen for you. 
And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servant of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to the one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended to be insane in their hands, made marks on the door of the gate, and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see this man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack a madman? That you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David is on the run. And he goes to Gath, to the enemy, the Philistines, the town of Goliath, for rescue. And it gets even lower than that. He acts like a madman to where saliva and what the Bible calls spittle runs down his beard. The man who defeated the giant Goliath is now humiliating himself, pretending like he is mad in order to save his life. You see, the drooling on the beard at this time was a mark of shame, dishonor. It's at the lowest point of David's life. And this is what he says after this event. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. This is our first point this morning. comes from point verse 1. Praise the Lord at all times. You see, David praises him when he's on the mountaintop. When he strikes down the giant, but he also praises the Lord at the low of lows, the most humiliating, shameful event of his life. You see, it's one thing to praise the Lord when everything goes well. When you're on the top of the world and you can shout to the Lord and but when life comes tumbling down, you're trudging through the mud and a patch of stickers, can you bless the Lord? I, I can remember seeing this type of praise many times in my life through God's church, God's people, through the most humiliating and difficult times in their life, saying, I will bless the Lord. 
I can remember experiencing this one time at seminary, a lady who worked across the hall. I was the accounts receivable manager for Southwestern Seminary at the time. She worked across the hall from me, and she had lost her child. I, I, I could not imagine losing a child. and It's something that no one should experience. I, I remember going to the funeral and her husband standing up in the service after talking about their child, how much the loss hurt, he said, I'd like you to sing this song with us as his wife was standing on the stage. I'd like you to sing this song with us as we worship the Lord together. And they began to sing this song and I'm gonna give you the lyrics to the song. This is the song that they sang. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name. When the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. This type of worship is unfathomable for some. And yet, it is only through knowing the greatness and the goodness of God that one can trust God in the valley of the shadow of death. You know, when we think of King David, we think of a man who had it all, who was a young man who was a hero. The Lord used him in a mighty way. He was praised by his nation. The Bible praises him. 
As a man after God's own heart, he becomes king of Israel. He conquered many peoples. He was in many battles. His his people fought for him. The Lord was with him. He prepared for the temple to be built. He, 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 He brought in the Ark of the Covenant. But listening to David's story, it's not always easy. The challenges that he faced were insurmountable. And yet, the praise of the Lord was continually in his mouth. That's what he says. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord shows his greatness in the good and in the bad because he is good in every circumstance and he is working for our good. In this circumstance, you say, Rob, how how can this be good? How, how could this circumstance in which David finds himself in, running as scared and fearful man to where he has to lower himself all the way down to acting as if he is insane? How is this good? Let's continue on here and we will see. Verse 2. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. This is point number two. God is worthy of our praise. You see, the boasting that one does in victory is in the Lord. And in defeat, it is in the Lord. David has the right to boast in himself. He has slain tens of thousands. He has conquered the lion, the bear, the giant. I'm sure that you have achievements, right, in your life. I'm sure you can think of some things you're proud of, maybe a graduation, a promotion, accomplishment. Yet one day, those accomplishments will not mean much in the heat of battle. David is in the moment of the heat of the battle. He's carrying Goliath's sword and yet acting like a madman to save his life. He's being humiliated. He's ashamed. Later the king of the Philistines, Achish would say in 1 Samuel twenty-seven twelve, he would say, he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. That's what the king thinks of this act that David does. David calls to the humble in the psalm, Make your boast in the Lord. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. He calls to the humble. Those 
who have been humbled. Those who realize their need for God, that they can only boast in the Lord. There are two types of people, those that boast in the Lord and those who boast in themselves. If you've been humbled by circumstances in your life, you understand that there is no room to boast in yourself. And yet the boast, boastful in themselves, they are satisfied with their actions. They talk about their achievements. They place their faith in their achievements. Yet David talks about boasting in the Lord, the creator of the universe. Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight declares the Lord if we're going to boast we better boast in how great our God is you see the humble they understand that they're not all that they're in need of the God of heaven to save them. David is calling for those in need. He's calling for the, the lowest of the low to hear and be glad. In the moment of his humiliation, he blesses the Lord and calls for the humble to boast in the Lord. He may be calling to you today. You maybe feel so low, maybe because of your circumstance outside of your hands like David. It may be because of your sin. You are ashamed because of your sin. It may be because of whatever you, whatever you have done, whatever you have been, whoever you have, have, have been with. It doesn't matter. And you are low of the low and the Lord is calling you to boast in the greatness of God. Not in yourself. Verse 18 says this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He is, saves the crushed in spirit. Isaiah 53, 5, it's talking about Jesus. He said he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. You see, we can boast in the Lord because of what Christ has done. When we place our faith in Christ, God no longer sees the ashamed person, the person who has done these filthy things, who has been in, in this circumstance, but he sees the righteous Son of God. He sees, he declares you righteous because of Christ and what he's done. So the sinner, the humble, hear and be glad. 
rejoice. Find joy in the Lord today. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. At the lowest of lows, David invites others into worship. This is our third point this morning. Invite those around you to worship the Lord together. David does something mind-blowing here. It's almost unfathomable. He, he invites at his lowest point, at his humiliating point, at his most ashamed point. Some commentators believe that he's acting outside of, of, of what God's design is because he's so fearful of the king of Achish. He is inviting people to magnify the Lord, to exalt his name, to worship with him. When you think of the word magnify, you think of putting under a microscope, blowing this picture up so that you can see the details. This is what David is saying. Put the Lord on display. See who he is and let us exalt or lift his name together. Let us show the greatness of our God. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you. So what happens with David? He goes to the king. The king says, no, I don't need you here. You're, you're insane. I thought you were this great and mighty king, but you're nothing. Get out. David goes to the cave of Adullam. First Samuel 22, he says, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So if he couldn't go any lower, he, he just went lower, okay? He went to a cave, became a caveman. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him and he became commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. So this is the psalm coming out of David being kicked out of the house of Achish, the king of the Philistines, and this is what he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You who are distressed, you who are in debt, you who are bitter in soul, gather together. Magnify the Lord with me. From defeating Goliath of Gath to Gath as a humiliated man, low of lows, He gathers those who are in debt, those who are stressed, those who are bitter in soul. These men, some of them would become David's warriors, David's mighty men. One of these guys struck down a lion 
in a pit on a snowy day. One guy killed 800 men with a spear in one battle. One guy was so intense in battle, his hands stuck to his sword after the battle. He couldn't release his grip. These are the men which served with David through his life. David calls them to come magnify the Lord with me. You see, this is the call, right? This is a call for our church not to just go after the ones who have it together, but to call the lowly, the sick, the hurting, the one in pain to come and magnify the Lord with us. It's a call to remember that even in the lowest periods of your life, God is working and he is moving. I'm not sure that David would have called these men and asked them to come and be with him if he had not experienced that type of humility in his life. God would call these men to be with David to push back the enemy for the rest of his days. God is calling for us as a church to call people to worship even the lowest of low. Calling us to go to those who are in need and show them the greatest reward who is Christ. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This is the heartbeat of who we are. We're simply calling people to worship our God, not because we have it all together, but because he is worthy of our worship. Let us worship together in community with one another because our Lord is worthy of our worship. Let us pick up our brother and sister who is hurting in pain and call them to worship with us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We know that we needed encouragement. We see the life of David and we know, Father, he was a man after God's own heart and you humbled him to the lowest of lows. You humbled Job. You humbled Peter. And we know, Father, you use the most difficult circumstances in our life, the most difficult areas in our life to humble us, to recognize our need for the Lord. Help us to be like David, to declare that you will bless the Lord at all times, that our praise will continually be in our mouth. Help our boasting be in the Lord God. Let us share with those around us that they can hear and be glad. Help us to share, Father, with others and invite them to worship the name of the Lord together.
Father, we, we come before you as a people knowing that we are imperfect. We do not have it all together. Yet, Father, we want to be a light for this community. We want to be an added, have an attitude that the Lord can change hearts and minds. He can use people who seem low and outcast. And he can do it for his glory. Father, use us as you've used David and his mighty men. Give us strength in the midst of weakness. Help us to look to the Lord God who is worthy of our worship. Father, there may be some this morning who have never received the grace of God in their life through belief in Christ and what he did for us on the cross. May they humble themselves and come before you and saying, I need the Lord. I have sinned, I have fallen short, and I am in need of the great God and his salvation, which is through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you need to do that, we have pastors down at front who would love to counsel with you, to talk to you about what that looks like for your life, to give your life to Jesus for salvation. The altar is open for prayer for those who would like to come forward. We bless you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kyle's going to lead us in the